Welcome to Full Bloom, the podcast for millennials on a journey to finding purpose and pursuing passion. My name is Martina Lindo, and I believe we can learn from each other's experiences and hopefully help each other to bloom and grow into the people we were always meant to be. Your journey to full bloom starts right now. responsibility that I just feel like our generation has such a huge task ahead of us. Um, And so this is a new series. It's a new series of conversations that we're going to be having on Full Bloom because I think that it's important for us to really think about the things that we've learned. So yeah, welcome to Miseducation Conversations. It's going to be a series about the ways in which our generation has been miseducated about the things in our life that are important. And we're starting it off talking about racism, the systematic nature of and the oppressive forces that continuously keep people of color, specifically black people, in seriously subjugated places in society, whether it's physically or mentally or all the above. And with the latest killing of George Floyd, which we hope the system will finally do right by us and not only convict and charge the men that are responsible, but also result in some serious police reform in this country. So The Miseducation of a Generation is actually the title of my upcoming book that's coming out in the fall. And I wasn't ready to start talking about it, but given the current climate of our world, again, I just feel this like push where we just we just got to start having these conversations. So I'm going to tell you guys a story. I was recently talking to one of my close friends. She's white. And I'll say this very plainly. I don't have a lot of white friends. And I'll tell you, just like I told her, it's too exhausting to have to navigate their privilege. I can't be my full self with white people. And it's not like a prejudice thing it just there's just certain things that they can't understand about me and I love my friend and I tell her all the time like I foster our relationship because I genuinely feel like she wants to be around me because of who I am and not because of how I look and it's crazy that in 2020 that's even something that we have to consider so she called me this week you know just trying to be like checking in how are you doing I hate that this is what's happening to you and people that look like you in our world and she really had genuine concern for me and you know she knows I'm married to a black man I have a black child and it's we're living in crazy times I mean this is nothing new for us I went to Spelman College I took ADW like every other girl that went to that school so we've been pretty woke for a while we understand what's been happening but now the world is finally catching up and when I say the world I mean white people and so 
So my friend calls me to have this conversation and she begins by telling me how saddened she is by the state of the world. And, you know, I I genuinely accepted her her concern. And I told her, thank you for thank you for that. And I just encouraged her to continue to do her part by being by educating herself and her community, because I know that you know, coming from her, they'll accept these new ideas, quote unquote, things that they should already know. But coming from somebody who looks like them, it's more widely or easily accepted. So she continues in the conversation and saying, you know, this is really hard on everybody. And she starts talking about how she's got a friend, two friends who are married to cops and they're like one's in New York and somebody else was in another state. And she says, you know, my cop friend that's in New York has to work 12 hours a day now and you know y'all when I tell you the blood in my body just started to boil I said am I gonna go in on this little girl today am I gonna hurt her feelings or am I gonna take this opportunity to educate her on how ignorant that statement was to me in that moment and I chose the former no the latter and I stopped her and I said I don't care about your white cop friend because they have an entire government, an entire system that is dedicated to taking care of them, that is dedicated to protecting them so that when they leave their house every day, they get to come home. And I said, I'm sorry that they're uncomfortable with their bullets in their back pockets and their tear gas in their left hand, but they'll be fine. It's people like me that we need to worry about. People like my husband, who is 6'1", and a black man who walks around with an unwanted target on his back for the simple fact of just being. And then came the tears, y'all. And again, I was kind because I recognized that in this moment, she was being faced with a part of herself that, and um, the book White Fragility talks about this, and I did at the end of this conversation send her to that book as a resource and but we'll talk about that in a second so she starts to cry and she says I'm sorry I didn't mean it like that and you know I recognize that I didn't want the conversation to go left because I do value the relationship and so instead of going in I simply said it's okay I understand that you're still learning but it's just not it's not appropriate. And she even said to me, you know, I feel bad crying to you because, you know, of all that's going on again, I was kind about it. And I just kind of said, hey, you know what? It's fine. Here's this book. Go read it and go educate yourself. And the next day, y'all, she came back to me and was like, I read the book or I'm listening to it. And there's so many things that I didn't know. Like, why isn't this being taught in schools? Like, you know, just excited about the new knowledge. And then she said, says to me you know I'm sorry I'm embarrassed by my behavior and I recognize now why that wasn't okay and in that moment y'all I felt victory because I realized that where we are as a generation we have this enormous task to unlearn and 
relearn things about who we're supposed to be. So let's start with let's start with our own community. As black people, we have to decide, are we going to extend arms to the white community to teach them how to treat us? Or are we going to continue to because I don't think that we are settled in rage. I don't think that I heard somebody say this, you know, we don't want revenge. We just want equity. We just want equality. We just want to be valued for our worth. Right. And so we have to decide if we're going to be the ones to educate our generation of white people. Basically, are we going to teach them the things that their parents wouldn't teach them because of their inherent bias or their inherent racism? Are we going to help them to understand that the way they the way they use and manipulate their privilege? It's just not cool. And that if anything is going to be if change is really going to be affected in this country, it has to start with them. And so I recognize now that we have an enormous responsibility to start in our communities and educate people. And it's such a hard ask because it's like, why should I have to teach you how to treat somebody like a human being? Well, we don't have time for the history lesson tonight, but it's part of the systemic nature of racism and oppression that once recognized black people as one third of a human being. And so now we have to unpack and reteach and revise and erase all of that negative history. Because if we don't take a stand, if our generation does not do something about it right now, we're going to continue to pass on that same mindset to our children inherently and subconsciously. Whether we want to or not, that's what we are going to teach them. If we don't find a way to change the way the world looks at us and change the way we see them, them being white people. And now to the white community, you all have a responsibility to educate the people in your community that think we are animals, that think we are dangerous, that think we are targets, that think it's okay to treat somebody like less than a human being, that think it's okay to take a life for the sake of it because you felt threatened or because you felt uncomfortable. It's your responsibility now to change the way that you interact with people that look like us and it's not going to happen overnight because we are all doing some unlearning but for the white community it's a greater unlearning that has to happen and I think they're waking up now I think we're finally starting to see it and I just really hope that as a generation we can really be all that our ancestors hope for because right now we are the culmination of our ancestors dreams and we cannot let them down we have more opportunity more access more education than any other generation of black people that have come before us and so we can't waste it we cannot relent and we have to decide what is going to be our legacy what are we going to leave for the next generation are we going to continue down this path of subconscious or unconscious hatred or this 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 divide that does exist where it's just like oh I stay with my people it's just like no we, we've got to find a way to like unite in a meaningful way and I think our generation has already done that in many ways but it's those that are before us that we're still trying to help 
unlearn and unteach and it's just overwhelming and so these last few these last few weeks in general have just been a lot but I've just really been thinking about like what kind of world are we leaving for the next generation like for real for real because it's like now I'm thinking about nation right when he turns five years old god forbid the world hasn't changed if I have to sit him down and have a conversation about why white people are going to be afraid of him when he grows up then he's going to grow up with that same mentality towards white people and I don't want that I feel like if we're ever going to change we've got to find a way to undo not just their mindset but ours and it's difficult because there's not an easy answer y'all know me I'm all about spreading hope and focusing on purpose and you know connecting to the greater within you and right now we really have a a, a tremendous task ahead and again it's I'm sad that it's taken the loss of so many lives for the world to finally wake up to what our community has been saying for the last 400 years. And so there's now this opportunity where black voices are finally being amplified in the way that we have always deserved. And now we need to really take this opportunity to do it the right way to teach and educate and inspire and help people to stop one stop appropriating our culture without embracing it and trying to understanding understand it and love it the way that we do there's so many things about what's happening in the world that I could talk about that I could focus on but what's really coming to the top of my mind is something that I've been talking about for the last few months and that's ownership that's generational wealth and over the past few weeks, I did launch my business and I've it's been such a tremendous experience already. Like I, I, that's for another conversation, another episode. But the joy that I feel in having this thing that belongs to me, that this thing that I can pass on to my children, this business that has sparked and opened so many new opportunities for me, so many doors that have already been opened because I took a chance on myself and that's something that I want our communities to embrace our community to say I can own this I can do this and it's like for so long we've been miseducated to think that if you don't go to school if you don't get a degree if you don't work a nine to five job then there's no value in in your livelihood in your career if you don't stick to this one path if you don't go down this one direction then somehow you are not successful you are not achieving you are not an example of excellence you're not an example of something that other people should aspire to and that's just not right white people have been teaching their kids about entrepreneurship forever they just packaged it in a different way they own every company they pass on generational wealth i watched a video recently that showed that a white family is worth five hundred dollars in comparison to a black family whose net worth is five dollars and ten cents five dollars and ten cents we have a responsibility in this generation to own to have something that we can pass on to our children and that is not going to happen if your only stream of income is from that nine to five job that you give 40 hours a week to you have got to find ways to monetize your gifts monetize your experiences monetize your mind in a way that doesn't take away from 
your person that doesn't you don't have to sell your soul to to become wealthy and it's just we and our generation lack the tools lack the knowledge in order to adequately articulate and devise the plans and the dreams and the things that we aspire to and so that's what I've set out to do in my business is to help people who have dreams who have ideas who have passions turn them into something profitable create and design brands that they can be proud of be able to market their skills and their expertise and leverage it in a way so that they can make money they can have something that they own that is what I believe that we have to aspire to right now between all of the different projects and all the different businesses that I have I've been able to come up with seven different streams of income and there's a book that talks about that where it's just like you have to have these things coming in in order to build up that generational wealth so that at any moment while even while you're sleeping you're still making money and I've been hearing that talk a lot on the internet but it's just like nobody's really talking about it in a way to pass on the information and that's something that happens in our community a lot is we get real selfish with the information and we don't want to give it to other people and that's something I think that we should work towards breaking where it's just like it does not have to be competition in everything there can be this sense of unity and camaraderie and 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 community that says if I win, then you win too. Not this, oh, well, I got to pull you down to get where I'm trying to go. And I, I mean, over the next few weeks, we are going to see a lot of a lot of chatter, especially on social media. And over the last few days, I found it really uncomfortable to even post anything, even talking about my business or anything like that, because it just feels uncomfortable. It feels unnatural to be trying to make all these moves while we are literally dying in the streets and like a lot of people will be like oh you know a lot of people coming online are just doing this as a performance like they don't even care about this they wasn't about it before I don't care when you got into it as long as you are now understanding what's happening in the world and you're you've awoke awakened to the responsibility you have to share your voice with the world and teach people that black is beautiful that we I mean we've all known that but we're in a space now where it's just like don't focus on being performative don't do things because you feel like that's what you're supposed to do really invest in what you say you're about so if you're gonna post something on social media be about it and if you don't want to post on social media then don't but make sure that behind the scenes you're active you're engaged you're doing things to really help bring about change and that means having conversations with people in your community that means calling your white friends out that means cutting some people off who don't share your same values that means over the next few weeks you got to boycott some of these restaurants these corporations these people who are not pouring back into our communities but rather tearing us down that means you got to be willing to forego some of the lifestyle choices that you've made to support black businesses that means being about it for real that means coming into the cause knowing what's at stake I think our generation has become so comfortable that we are not willing to make the sacrifices necessary to see the change that is needed in our world when Rosa Parks and we've 
been seeing this go around for a while now. When Rosa Parks sat on that bus, when they decided to boycott the bus system, they did it for 381 days. I've seen people on social media talking about, well, I ain't not going to Chick-fil-A. Like, Chick-fil-A don't care about you. Boycott them. Don't go there. Don't eat there no more. Save your coins. Go somewhere else. Cook your food at home. Start your own restaurant. We have to build up our own communities. Wendy's don't like you. Walmart don't like you. These corporations, they are not worried about you as an individual. All they care, all they care about is the dollars and cents that you pour back into them. So we have got to really be about pouring into our communities until the rest of the world sees the value in us. And we have to be a part of that change too and teaching them how we should treat each other. I know this is not the normal tone of this podcast, but I I just feel really burdened by what is happening in our world. And we really have to decide, are we going to be the generation of change or are we just going to fade into the background? Or are we going to continue to push the same cycles that were passed down to us? Are we going to continue to perpetuate the inherent biases that we've learned? Are we going to continue to poach the same messages? Or are we going to really stand up and figure out a way to make some changes that will last? so we can stop seeing black bodies being killed on the street so that we can look at ourselves and be like, am I willing to lay down my life for this cause? And it's really got to get that serious for us. Like, are we willing to make the sacrifices necessary so that we can leave our children a better world? My hope is that with these kind of conversations, we will bring about some accountability, not even just amongst our elected officials and people in places of power but right in our circles of friendships holding each other accountable to the way we treat each other the way that we express love for one another and hopefully we can bring about change that will last we can bring about a change that will we can go back and look and say wow we did that the millennials did that in 2020 we had the worst year ever and we still came out on top that's my hope that's my desire that's my dream for us and that's my purpose rant for today i love y'all stay up look out for new episodes please share this message with somebody call out your friends have the hard conversations that we need to have and do the hard thing it's not going to be easy this work does not end with george floyd it does not end with brianna taylor it does not end with Ahmaud Aubrey. it continues and we have to be the change that we want to see it sounds cliche it sounds overplayed but we have to be that change we have to be that catalyst in our communities in the spaces that we occupy we all have some form of influence my friend has not stopped texting me since we had that conversation because that's how much her life has changed because she's been awakened to something that she's never experienced before and that that's embracing and seeing the pain of what it is to be black in america we cannot continue to be miseducated we have got to rewrite history and it starts with each of us as individuals I hope you enjoyed today's conversation in bloom and don't forget to rate, subscribe and review this podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next week.